Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. This podcast is committed to bringing you playful learning and really just trying to take school to that next level. Simply put, we are finding joy in the journey. Today we have Adam Powley back, and I'm really excited about today's topic. We are talking about game plans, getting started. Here we are. Uh, this episode is going to air in the beginning of July 2018, and that's that perfect summer time where people are starting to read some more books. You know, they they've sort of decompressed and they're ready to sort of turn their mind and attention back to the classroom. But not not on that full full gear yet, but just sort of collecting. I think this is like the time of summer they're, they're collecting those ideas. Wouldn't you agree, Adam? Uh, this is when uh, we're all uh, stacking the firewood so we can have a blazing fire. That's right. That's right. So yeah. we're just we're just we're just stacking it. We're doing some some work to to prepare for the school year. And uh, I think Adam and I both talked that we've seen on Twitter uh, and other spaces, other social media that uh, you know people are starting to wonder. How do we get started with this whole crazy gamification thing? Um, I heard there's a book out there you can read. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, don't I, know if, well, I don't. I don't know if you've ever picked it up. I don't know if you've ever, you know, checked it out. I haven't written mine yet, but uh, <laughs> I think there is one out here. Uh, Explore like a pirate. I think I heard somewhere around. I heard it's not it's bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty good one. Pretty good one. So, <laughs> so my suggestion would be, you know, start with that, but. If you're starting here with this podcast, uh, well, welcome, I guess, to the podcast. And um, yeah, so you and I both have chatted before about this. We both have different starting stories into gamification. I think if you want to check those out, check all the other Adam Pauly well plays because they are fantastic. But if, if we were to just sort of jump into giving out some advice, like what... What do you think would move to action some of the fellow colleagues you know? Uh, if one of them came to you and said, man, I want to get started, but I just don't know how to get over the like initial hump. What would you say? My, the first thing that I always start with is um, let's think about this in terms of why you want to do it. Um, we want to engage the students better and we need to think a little bit about what are the things that do that now um, it doesn't have to be completely 100% gamifying. And I know uh, you've talked about starting small. I started big. Um, the, the, a lot of the work is um, thinking about what are those engaging things from games that we can use. And the easiest one that I've found is offering choices. Um, it's not about necessarily using games to teach, but trying to find a way to... Um, take those game elements that, that are really are engaging. Um, choice menus, uh, playlists, I've, I've seen a lot lately. Uh, anything that allows the kids to um, sort of tailor their own experiences, um, giving them a menu of choices or uh, finding a way that they can sort of choose their own path through the, the curriculum. I, I always find that's a really good starting point to uh, figuring out how to gamify the class. Nice. I would say if somebody came up to me and asked that, you are correct. I always say start small. Um, I do that half because I don't know if I have the cojones to just tell people <laughs> this is freaking ridiculously awesome and you should just do it for the year. Because I know it, it takes time. It takes a tremendous amount of intentionality 
to pull off uh, a year-long commitment to anything, really. I mean, set gamification aside, just to tell you to do something new every day or you know, at least every week for the whole school year, that'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be a big commitment no matter what. So I think a lot of times I say start small because I just want them to try it because I swear once they get a little taste of it, it won't be long before they're like, let's do a whole unit, let's do a whole mm-hmm. quarter, let's do a semester, let's just do the year, right? Um, but I mean, truth be told, I guess I'd be like you. I mean, it's awesome, and I want them to do it the whole year. But uh, going with my typical advice, I'd give the person that's going to gamify just a little, just dip their toe in. Uh, I like to think about, or have them think about... Uh, what they see when they play a game. So sometimes I tell people to like go on their iPad or their iPhone, look at the top five free apps, download one, two, three of them, have a legal pad out next to you, and just play one of them. And like jot down what you're noticing happening game wise, like the screens that shoot up and say you collected two out of five stars, like or mm. you know, like just notice all these things that you usually just sort of let wash over you, mm-hmm. and then afterwards can you think about how to add that to like a unit or a lesson like could we have those sort of you know signpost moments where like this this big thing happens um the other advice i have for like dipping their toe in is check out like any of the reality tv shows i i love cooking so i'd watch one of those you know whether it's chopped or one of the kitchen ones and Mm-hmm. They're always doing little like micro challenges that I swear you could just easily adapt to sort of some sort of English assignment, math assignment, social studies assignment, some in-class activity. And mm-hmm. you'd, you'd feel that palpable energy between the teams, right? The red team and the blue team. And, you know, so even if you don't have all the other fixings that I end up having and that you end up having in your class, you'd really get a picture of it. Um, but really all of these things are just appetizers. I mean, this is just to get you excited about gamification. Cause I think some of the larger, more meaningful and more impactful things about gamification come when you have that year long overlay. Yeah. And the, the starting small thing is really good. Um, I always remind people too, that, um, some of the things that get pushed first when people hear about gamification, like the points, the badges, the leaderboards, um, that's like a sugar rush. And uh, you're going to see an immediate sort of engagement with a badge. The second unit, it's going to dwindle off a little bit usually. Um, so you you, you want to use those sort of external motivators to get people started and then try to get the deeper things going uh, if you want to see the, the long-term benefits. Um, a single unit badging or, or a leaderboard is going to be really helpful. A little bit of competition is going to be helpful for that, that smaller unit. Um, but if that's all you're relying on, and, and I, I think sometimes gamification gets billed as just uh, adding a leaderboard or giving them sticker badges, uh, if that's all you're doing, it, then it's going to fail, and then you're going to think gamification doesn't work. So I usually have a conversation with people about trying to get to those deeper levels um, throughout the, the beginning phases. Uh, things like uh, collaboration and sprinkling competition, uh, mastery and autonomy, uh, giving a sense of purpose, all of these different gamification terms that we can uh, kind of hash out a little bit further. 
Yeah, um, I mean, you make a really good point too, and I, I say it when I go present that, you know, just like the Boy Scouts, that's the analogy I usually use. Like, mm-hmm. we we don't sum up the Boy Scouts by just saying that's that thing where they get badges, right? Right. Like, and and then I ask usually the audience like, what is it behind each of those badges? And they're usually in the Boy Scouts some sort of educational experience like it's not it's not even just like some fact they learn it's not some test they it's it isn't like a sticker it really symbolizes some sort of journey some sort of adventure and some sort of experience that has changed this boy scout uh and and it's so impactful that like the boy scouts are literally saying they don't think this they're this kid's ever going to forget it this isn't they studied for a test this week here's a badge yeah, that's a great point. Um, like to be an Eagle Scout, you have to have some sort of a community service project. That's huge. Uh, that, that really dives into this a sense of purpose. We have a, a project around here that because um, uh, we live in a hurricane zone, uh, an Eagle Scout literally went through to every uh, sign, stop sign and every street sign and marked what zone we are in. Like that was his entire project was mapping out the entire Horry County coast. Um, wow. So there's this deep sense of purpose and he's going to walk away with that for his, the rest of his life. And, and I think that that's, uh, that's as much gamification as, you know, writing a narrative and, and having them play a role-playing game. But um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't just say like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he got that badge for that. Right, right. Exactly. He's, yes, he's an Eagle scout, but there's, there's a deeper meaning behind that for him. Yeah. Know? So yeah. I, mean, I think being mindful of, I could not write a book like that's all about, the 10 best ways to give out a sticker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kids do love stickers, but <laughs> not that much. Not that much. So, you know, be mindful of that, you know, listeners, as you're thinking about building out your gamification, I really like how Adam pointed out some of the things that you might already know about gamification. Those are elements you definitely should include, but just recognize that, that that's really just the sugar rush. I love that that line you used, you know. Um, yeah. and, and they... <laughs> like any sort of sugary sweet, like they'll like it throughout the year. I mean, I, I definitely use a leaderboard from day one to the last day. Yeah. I definitely use badges from day one to the last day. But like Adam says, the first unit, kids are excited about collecting these badges. And then there is sort of a like taper off a little bit. But then like it kicks back in for me doing the year long mm-hmm. game. But really it comes down, if you're going to do a big game, I think it comes down to in, really like being mindful of where your students or players are at in your game and really trying to meet their experience like and, and really try to build a unique experience for them around your content, obviously. But, uh, you know, I mean, you have to be an active game master. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard people that say, like, I've kicked it off really well. I did an awesome onboarding video. It was used to iMovie. It was beautiful. They share it on Twitter. But then they don't do anything else. And then two weeks yeah, later... Two weeks later, they're like, uh, my kids don't really like this gamification thing. And you're like, well, what What have you done since that awesome video you shared? Yeah, I've, I've fallen into that trap, too. It's kind of like on the playing Super Mario Brothers. And we've talked about this before. Everything comes back to Mario. That's right. um, the first level, you run into little Goombas, the, the mushroom guys, and maybe a, a turtle or two. Uh, but if all eight worlds were just the mushroom guys and the, the turtles, that would be a boring game. Nobody would play it. So in the second world... Uh, you you have to deal with uh, quicksand and the little 
sun guy throwing things at you. And there's always a new obstacle coming in, or there's always a new power to learn, or there's always uh, some new challenge, some new obstacle to overcome, because uh, that's what makes a game fun. And that's that's one of the things that uh, we we need to build into the classroom a little bit too. And that's, that's another piece of advice that I have in the game plan, is that um, games really are, uh, what's the famous quote, um, uh, voluntary efforts to overcome unnecessary obstacles. And while we want to eliminate the, the harmful obstacles, right, we want to get rid of the, the race issues and the gender issues and, and all that kind of thing. Um, an obstacle is not necessarily a bad thing in the classroom. In fact, sometimes that's the thing that, that makes something really engaging. Um, well, if, I really think that games, <clears throat> games are just a series of obstacles, right? Like you're intentionally doing something that's on some level a difficulty or a skill like basketball, like right, that's be, the whole it, point. it'd be yeah. a lot easier if the basketball hoop was bigger and like near the ground and like it'd be awesome if I could just run with the ball and didn't have to dribble it. But like all of those little challenges are what make it a game. And that's where creativity comes in too, is trying to deal with the rules is, you know, what's the best way to, to, um, to, to get the ball to the hoop in a basketball game while maintaining the dribble and um, creativity like Michael Jordan or LeBron James, like, their creativity is what makes them so special in there. And, and that, well, that, that can that, be that, in school too. That and the fairy dust they sprinkle on themselves because they can, they can borderline fly. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think they banned that in the last, uh, last collective <laughs> bargaining though. So. I mean, I remember being a kid seeing Jordan just sort of <laughs> what appeared to be like jump from the three-point line. And you're just like, ha, ha, ha. Do you do yeah, that? I will never do that. <laughs> yeah, like that is not how I play basketball. No, no. <laughs> Coach keeps saying practice, but I don't, I don't yeah. think, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's, we have. That's, well, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because how many? Uh, I think that's like something that students will say too. Is I I can't write like that, or uh, my brain doesn't work that way, or or I don't have that skill set. Um, but I think the difference between say Michael Jordan being able to fly and uh, the students in our classroom is that uh, we can, through the game, give them the opportunity to uh, take on that role. Um, you know, they're, they're not a historian in my classroom, but they can act like a historian. They can take that, uh, that, that uh, effort to do that. Mm -hmm. And by seeing themselves in that role and they can then go ahead and, and work towards becoming that uh, in that vision. Which is getting a little past our game plan discussion, but uh, that, I, I really one of like the reasons that. one of the reasons I love yeah. chatting with you. <laughs> you and I both, our minds just can keep going. Um, all right, so but on the point of game plans, we yes. gave them some different ways to sort of start. Really look focusing on choice. We talked about starting small. We talked mm -hmm. about you know stealing something from a, a reality TV show, like their little setups. Okay, let's say somebody's going to do a slightly bigger game, a unit, maybe a, maybe a quarter or a semester. Um, what are some of your like favorite elements to sort of kick it up a notch? Like, you know, beyond the leaderboard, beyond sort of the badges. Mm -hmm. What's something that you would say like, oh man, like they should dabble in this. What What is this? Oh, there's so much. I know, but you can only select one. That's like the only that's the, one. That's the challenge. I might give you a second, depending on how good your first answer is. I have the the first thing that I always tell people to think about is feedback loops, because any good game is nothing more than a really intense feedback loop. 
like if I'm playing Mario and I jump in the pit I, and I die, I realize, oh, I can't jump in the pit. Um, but I get to try again right away. Immediately, instantly. yeah. Immediately. And then I know not to jump in the pit. And then I run into a turtle. I'm like, oh, I can't run into the turtle. I got to hop on top of them. Um, and I like to think of the class as that feedback loop. So how do we, it, when you're building your game, how are you going to get the students immediate feedback or as immediate feedback as possible? So what are some ways I that always, you do that? I do it through uh, blended learning. Um, so uh, my students don't have a submission date. Like I don't say the test, the, this paper is due on a Friday. Uh, we might have a day where we're cutting off any new assignments. Um, so all of my students are working on independent projects or small group projects in the class and they kind of have a rolling submission date. And if they get done on, if they think they're done on a Tuesday, we'll sit and we'll kind of have a meeting, a small conference in the classroom. And they don't know that they're submitting it, but we're, we're kind of having a a get together on it. And we'll kind of talk about the things that are strong and the things that are not strong. And if it meets the requirements, then it, it kind of moves through and they go on to the next phase of whatever the project is or whatever the next level is. Um, and if it doesn't, they go back and fix the things that they need. So it's kind of that immediate feedback, uh, that will allow them to then move on to the next stage. Uh, the boss fights, uh, mini boss fights. Those are a great way for a feedback loop. Um, I can immediately see if we're using Plickers, uh, which is uh, an interesting app I've been playing with, uh, or a Google form, we can immediately see, uh, what they know and what they don't know, uh, for the content. And then we can make adjustments from there and, I can kind of target individually what students need help. So the feedback loops, I think, are really important for understanding um, uh, sort of that formative assessment that that is so important. Um, and really, games are nothing more than big formative assessment machines that uh, eventually get you to the princess or mm-hmm. King Bowser or whatever it is. Yeah. That was a, so that that was a solid answer that I think you <laughs> snuck in an additional. I mean, I didn't even an... get a chance to throw items in there, but uh, that was where I was going next. Ah, <laughs> oh. uh, for me, wow, that's tough. It is tough to like pick just one. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll just share my absolute favorite thing to design is the items elements or power ups, however you want to use, whatever term you want to use. But uh, I just love thinking of things that sort of bend the rules. Or multiply the game, you know, and then thinking of combos, like how can this item, you know, work in conjunction with this one, or how can this one make the other one, you know, twice as powerful. Um, I love seeing how kids, uh, and I think this would be true of all ages. When I, I mean, when I've presented and talked to people from, you know, second grade to twelfth grade, the kids kind of get into like being proud of like the the items they have like i i can do this and you can't it's another it's another choice element going back to your first response to like why do why do it at all is really focus on the choice element items i think if you build up enough of them provide a kind of unique personalization in your course because each player kind of has its own sort of structure its own resume within the with inside the game uh that i think the students really like and and well i really like yeah and if you give them the opportunity to uh select their own items or like i use cards uh and i, I think you have a similar system 
but if they can trade them amongst themselves, yeah. I had one kid, uh, I had a, a hat day card and they could only be used for my class. Um, and that kid would give up any like common assessment test card to get a hat day card. And he loved it. And the kids would trade with each other back and forth. So tailoring the, the classroom experience through items, I think is really important. And it gets into the whole discussion of player types and uh, student strengths and weaknesses. And um, it, it's really a good way to, to, to help students um, make the classroom what they want it to be. All right. So now, I guess, moving beyond these, <laughs> these tips or these things to kind of get over that speed bump, um, how do you tie it all together? So, okay, I, great. I have a locker item. I got a wear hat item. I got a, you know, free answer on a test question. I got, a, you know, some badges for doing well. Like I set up my leaderboard, but who cares? Like what ties it all together where I want to save the princess? Um, isn't that the, the question that every classroom has to answer in some way? Um, you know, the I, so what, who cares? Like, um, I, I have teachers complain about the kids not wanting to, you know, deal with the, the, the class material. And I, and it, it always comes back to the question, well, why should they care? And in my class, I, I have a theme, uh, that goes throughout the year. And I, I'm sure that uh, a lot of people that have been sniffing around gamification have been talking about themes. Uh, I've seen some great ones. Um, my theme this year is a, a superhero theme where the, uh, the, the big bad boss uh, can unleash source energy from primary sources. So the, the students are going to have to write. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, the, the kids get their superpowers from when the, uh, the big boss actually uh, unleashes the Declaration of Independence source energy and uh, accidentally like gives the kids powers, which is going to be really cool. And, uh, That's the students awesome. Can, yeah, I love then, it. The items are actually going to be important primary sources from each unit. But my twist is that students are going to have to uh, write spells. So small poems that unlock the energy that summarize it. Um, so a theme can do a whole lot. Um, and I think that that kind of ties all the independent pieces together. Um, I've seen uh, rock star themes, uh, which is one that I'm, I'm really interested in. That's uh, uh, the, the main teacher. I uh, forget his name off the top of my head. Um, I've seen zombie teacher, uh, the zombie classrooms. Um, I've seen Legos. Uh, is that what Carrie does? Is Legos? I, I forget Carrie what she does. does Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars. That's right. Sean uh, Dugan Stout <laughs> does Lego, like a Lego space theme. And he mm -hmm. like truly like animates his, I mean, I, wow. Yeah. I've seen Doctor Who themes in, in history, so there's time travel. Um, but whatever your theme is, uh, it gives it a consistent feel throughout the, the year. And uh, it gives a sort of an internal logic to all the items and the leaderboards and, and whatever else uh, comes into play. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Theme is something I always say as a cornerstone to gamification. Uh, it really gives the student and the game and the class, all, th all three of them, it really gives them context like nothing else. Uh, I mean, truly, like, I think it really motivates the students to, to explore your content. It motivates them to, like, 
memorize it if it's straight memorization it encourages them to take a risk in terms of trying something creative or different if it's not their straight memorization uh it just everything sort of snaps into that theme and makes sense and so now when you're like we we need to and you know in your example we need to uh study these primary source documents like man that's like really removed like why do i need to study primary source like and the game it's i mean some of you out there might who are still on the fence about gamification might be like no way does like a high school kid care that they're on this adventure and like as if that would make the difference in terms of studying primary source documents but it does i mean it does it really does and like <laughs> i guess when you think about it like that's what games do they're they're they transcend they're transformative they they take you into that world especially video games do a really good job obviously because they have so much visuals but but even like a good board game like you can sort of get into like yes i am building railroads across the united states right like you can kind of get into that theme but really like when you strip it away a game is just you know like overcoming these little things or a board game it's usually board games are really strictly just straight math if you think about it it's just one math problem after another math problem but uh it's that theme that all of a sudden drives it uh, and here's the other thing i'd say to people that are worried that it's going to be uh silly is that most of the kids are going to be into it and even the ones that aren't are going to see that you are into it and if they see that you're passionate about it they're going to be they're going to be good with it uh, they're gonna they're going to go along because they're gonna see that you are doing something for them and they want to be part of that community. So I'd your passion go, will drive it. I 100% agree. I would even go one step further though, and and really just try to encourage, like if you think it's gonna be silly, like stop for a moment. Like while you might be doing right now what all your other colleagues are doing. I don't know if you're really meeting the kids where they're at, though. Like, in some respects, what you're doing now is probably more silly to the 12-year-old that's in front of you. Like, they, that's not what they would want, typically. I mean, like, not everyone's going to love this, and I don't mean to make that blanket statement, but mm. it is the highest percentage of engagement and involvement I've ever seen. So uh, I'd say give it a whirl. Choose a theme. I mean, to go on what... We're both saying here, choose one that you're excited about. Like Adam just said, you know, the kids are going to see that you're excited about. So if you try so much to meet the needs of your kids, you don't pick a topic you care about. Like that's going to be hard for you to bring it every day and be like, oh, we're excited. We're going on this adventure. And like, if you don't care at all about being on a deserted island, like blah, blah, like that's not going to, if it doesn't fuel you, it can't fuel them. So on, on this one, be a little uh, selfish and choose something that you're you're going to be able to carry through. And I think that actually in that moment of selfishness, you're actually being you actually are thinking about the students long term because you'll be able to carry it out and and they'll notice. And it's a great way to build that relationship. That um, this is something I care about and I want to share it with you. Yeah. And it's a nice way to to get a conversation started too. And that's. Maybe that's like some of the best advice to end on is I love how relational gamification is. And as you build your game, I mean, here we are in summer. I know you're listening to this podcast, but if you stumble on it, you know, in the first semester of next year, 
invite the students to the building process you know build out what you build out the shell of your game put it in play and then talk like hey kids like what do you, what power-ups do you wish you had what do you what do you think would be cool how do you think that boss battle went like you'll get so much feedback for yourself in your game it, it, it'll start to plan itself a little bit yep that's a great point you want to get the kids on board and Definitely. let them help build the game with you yeah that's an excellent excellent idea so that makes it reflection time though we're we're here and uh this quote clearly was chosen with our given topic in mind because it it so perfectly fits uh as these listeners are on the cusp of starting gamification or maybe they've dabbled it in a little before but haven't really like gone full tilt uh the quote simply is a goal without a plan is just a wish how do we how can we contextualize that for our conversation I think setting a goal is very easy, but if you don't actually work towards the goal, it, uh, it will never come true. So it's great to say, I want to engage the students. It's great to say that I need to improve my test scores, but if we don't have a, a plan in place, uh, at least a roadmap of how to get there, then it's never going to come to fruition. Um, I, I saw on Twitter, somebody really smart, say that dreams are just for people that sleep or something to that effect. What was it? You might be able to clarify that. <laughs> You're quoting um, me. That's hilarious. I, I am quoting you. That's um, hilarious. Just, just to make you uncomfortable and make this a little awkward. Yeah, that's real nice. But uh, <laughs> um, I think gamification provides a great way to uh, structure that that um, that roadmap so that uh, we might not know exactly how we're going to get to where we're going, but at least we have a, a way to think about how to get to that end goal. I love so. it. To clarify the quote, it is goals require action. Dreams require sleep. Thank you for clarifying. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so for me, uh, you know, on that very same point, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart in the last probably year and a half, two years, I have really been moved towards action and I've just really seen that action or deliverables to me is where it's at. You know, I used to be a guy that thought ideas were the most important and I think ideas are important, but I wouldn't say they're the most important. Really, it comes down to action. You can have all the ideas in the world, but like if you, if you never move it to action, it, your ideas don't matter, right? Like it's, it's the action It's taking that step to, to improve today for sort of a better tomorrow. And it's that faith that by being intentional today, that's going to put you even, even just a little bit further tomorrow. And then when you're intentional tomorrow, it's a little bit further. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of a month, at the end of a year, you look back and you're like, holy cow, I'm, I'm way farther along. But it, maybe in the moment it was just these little things, but it all comes down to that action. So if you're listening to this and you've you've been on the cusp, you've thought about gamifying, do it. Move it towards action. Like the kids are gonna like it. You're not gonna get everything right. Adam and I, who have gamified full year now, year after year, we don't get it all right either. Like, in fact, in that failure, that's some of the best ways we've like fixed our game. 
was through the failure. Like we didn't design in a vacuum and then lay out this perfect game. We moved towards action. We put some things in play. We got some things right. We got some things wrong. And we just continued to grow each and every day. So, you know, continue to grow with us. Yes, reflection is a huge part of gamification. Think about what's going on and, and try to make improvements. And slowly but surely, uh, you'll you'll mold something towards what your intended goal is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, thank you, uh, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Adam, for, again, lending your expertise. I absolutely love having you on the show. Well, thanks for letting me come on. I, I enjoy talking to you and, and the audience. Yeah, you you know you will be on again and again. I love it. Uh, and everybody else, uh, if you could do me a huge favor and go right now to hivesummit.org and sign up. Uh, that is an, a free online digital conference that starts August 1st and runs through the 14th. But after that, the videos go away. We have some wonderful speakers presenting there uh so check it out totally free hivesummit.org and once you sign up i know you're going to do the good move towards action that i want you to do and share that out with all sorts of your friends so that we can get kind of the the best pd around for everyone and share that that'd be awesome i have signed up and it's free <laughs> and it's online so all my favorite things that's right i mean you can pd in your pjs right so Well, everybody, as always, thanks for listening. It's an honor having you listen with us each and every week. Uh, I hope that you have a good one and enjoy it. Take care. Thank you.